0: You can write on your paper two commands for children to obey. That is the title of our lesson. We're going to be going through Ephesians six verses one through three. It's probably next to last Wednesday. Uh, Oh, maybe last Sunday. This is probably your favorite lesson ever because you love talking about your parents. You love talking about honoring and obeying them. So much fun. There we go. All right, I want you to take a moment, and you don't have to say it out loud. You can answer it in the quietness of your heart. And I want you to be honest with yourself. Answer the following. How did you react this following week to a couple of different scenarios? Now, I know technically this is Sunday, and it's the new week. So your answer, you could be like, ah I passed. It's great. I want you to think of last week. All right, last week, your dad asked you to help with something. Your dad asked you to help with something. And we have the unique dynamic. We have some dads and their children in the room right now. And I could ask for some, you know, real live illustrations, but I I won't or else you would never come back. What about your mom told you to put away the device? Which I hate that word device, by the way, but other people use that, the device. Get off your phone. Okay, turn off the PlayStation. Close the PC. Get off the iPad. Stop looking at TikTok or Instagram or playing Fortnite or Apex or whatever it is you kids are doing these days. But, 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 but it's the third quarter. Oh, oh, but this, or, you know, but this, or just this, or. How did you react? What about your mom or dad telling you that you couldn't do something? You want to go hang out with your friends, and they said no. You want to stay up a little bit later, they said no. You wanted to jump off that cliff, and they told you No. Just like with marriage, all right, when we talked about marriage, God has ingrained that in us to grow up and to desire to be married and to multiply across the earth, all right? There are some, yes, that have the gift of singleness, and that's not in them, okay? But there is that general desire that He places in us. That general desire to grow up and to leave the home is also a God-given desire. To live with mom and dad when you're 55 to 57, I don't know. It can be done. It can be done well, all right? There might be a little friction along the lines. But for the most part, he's made you to grow up into an adult. And how you define the age of an adult has vastly changed Throughout the centuries, hasn't it? All right? If we were living in olden times, you guys would be living in a hut by your own with four of your own kids while you were blacksmithing or farming or something like that. Now we're like, man, this young kid over here, well, how old is he? Well, he's 28. He's just a pop, And we're like, "It's, it's different, right? But God has ingrained in you to grow up and to go on your own. But right now, that's not where you're at. You're still living with mom and dad. You're still living on their dime. So you are still called to what? Honor and obey first time with a happy heart. So any of those scenarios that I just listened, or just listed, if you did not honor and obey first time with a happy heart, you were in. Say it with me now. You are in? Yeah. You're in sin. It's not me saying that. It's God saying that. And so what are you going to do with the reality of that sin? What are you going to do with it? Right? We need to look at why did you respond differently than what your creator has commanded you to do? Well, it could be. That you genuinely are a Christian. And you still need to grow in maturity. You are tempted to disobey. You gave in to the temptation. And now you're saying, man, I was wrong. I love Jesus. Jesus died for me. I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I was wrong. Guys, it's, it's going to happen. Just like every once in a while that that hurtful word might slip out or you might have that that angry lashing out or whatever, you're still going to wrestle and battle with that sin. I don't want you to think that if you disobey mom or dad one time, you're kicked out of the kingdom. You didn't save yourself. God saved you by his grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are now a new creation. And you are going to stumble. Now, you don't look at that and say, well... I could obey, but I am still growing in my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I will chalk this one up to immaturity, do what I want, ask for a little forgiveness, and bada bing, bada boom. Ooh, I call that playing with the blood of Christ. It's a very dangerous place to be, but that could be. And so as we go into this lesson, you're saying, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus. I need to learn how to set my mind on things above, put off the sin of disobedience or dishonor, and I need to put on the righteous things. I'm locked in. I'm ready to go. I want to grow in this area. But, for some of you, you acted the way you did with your parents. Whether you were a temper tantrum throwing baby, out loud, or simply in your own heart, whether you snuck around and did what you wanted, whether you lied about your grade or you lied about that assignment or you cheated or you did whatever you did and you're an unbeliever, this is you. You are a slave to your sin. You are a slave to your sin. And being a slave to your sin you have no means to do anything differently. You are self-absorbed. You are self-following. You are not in Christ. There is nothing that you can do to respond in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know for some of you, that seems harsh. But that's it. You didn't listen Because you hate God. You didn't obey because you don't obey God. That's it. It's the reality. And there is nothing, you can switch it back over to the Apple TV, Daniel. You can leave it up there. I'll, I'll play with it to get to go. You can unplug the Ethernet and just let it run off the Wi-Fi. But I can reconnect over here. You do what you do because that's really who you are. That's really who you are and what you think in all of those things. Let me disconnect real quick and then I will come back. Oh, I don't want to go to the, the worship center. That would be bad. Let me disconnect. Let me come back. All those things. There we go, bada bing. When it comes to this section of where we're at, okay, you can actually freeze the picture and you can look in the little thing in the bottom part and that will tell you where we're at. When it comes to where we're at in this book, we are practicing our unity in Christ, first of all, then we're practicing holiness in our personal lives, and then we are practicing obedience to the Lord in our relationships, when you get to the end of chapter five, the relationship that we're looking at is the relationship between wives and husbands. When we look at today's passage, and you already got the glimpse of verse four on Wednesday with Craig, he was going to be out of town, so we had to swap a little bit. You got the, the parent side of things, but we're looking at the relationship between children and parents, and then coming up, we are going to be looking at the relationship between slaves and masters. Today, the title of our lesson, as I mentioned before, is Two Commands for Children. Two Commands for Children. And they're simply found in our verses. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Verse 4 Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Our first command that we see is number one, obey your parents. Obey your parents. And it's kind of amazing how I came up with that, right? It simply says, children, obey your parents. The word obey is a simple word. It means to follow instructions. God doesn't leave anything confusing here for you and what you should do. It's to follow instructions. And you think of just like a coach instructs you or a general instructs a soldier. Here we have parents instructing their children. In all of these relationships, it's the same idea. The wife is instructed to submit, to be subject to the husband. The husband submits to God and loves his wife. The slave is to submit to his master who is submitting to God and treating that slave with love and justice. Just as the parent is not to exasperate their child because they're submitting to the plan of God, the child submits, obeys the parent. And in all of these, what is God trying to accomplish? He is giving a living, visible testimony to what it means to be a child of God. I mean, let's think of a scenario for a moment. All right, You have a friend over. You, you, have, a, you have friends, right? Okay. And They come over to your house, but this friend isn't a believer. Now, a lot of people here would say they're a Christian, but you're really not a Christian. You're just playing the game and singing the songs and stuff like that. Or it could be they openly say they aren't, but they're over at your house. And your mom asks you to do something, and you respond as if she just killed your puppy. You respond as if she has requested the most unreasonable thing ever. What picture does that friend get? (laughs) That's how Christians react? Okay, well, I must mean I'm a Christian too. Or why would I do anything different? But it's not normal for the teenager to say, sure thing, mom, and obey. (laughs) It should be. When you do that, your friend's going to like, What's different about you? Hey, look, everybody's going out. We're doing this. Uh, you know, my mom said I couldn't. Well, your mom, oh, man, I can't believe she said that. And if you go, right, you know what, it's okay. She has my best interest in my, oh. But if they say, hey, let's go do this. And you're like, man, my parents. You won't let me. Tears streaming down my eyes and my grumpy face. How do you, how are you representing Christ there, Right? The little things we say, they say, oh, okay, that's how a Christian reacts to their parents. But if you get this right, guys, the whole Matthew 5, 16, you're letting your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's why he has these relationships listed in Ephesians so that we learn and grow from them, but also we further his kingdom. We further his kingdom. When it comes to this word obey, Mark uses it in his gospel says, remember the disciples became the winds and the waves, and they were afraid, so they woke up Jesus. And they said, Master, save us, we're perishing. And what did he do? He woke up, and he said, hush, be still. Well, the disciples saw what happened. Immediately, the wind and the waves calmed, and they became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Same word. Now imagine if Jesus had woken up from his slumber, and he had said, Hush, be still. And the wave said, three more minutes. And the the wave said, well, I'm not done with this round. I can't get off yet. No, immediately. Immediately. Why did the wind and the sea obey him? Because he is their creator. He is their master. Master. Your master is the Lord. And the Lord has commanded you to obey your parents. And so when your parents speak, you obey. Not begrudgingly, you obey. This can be very difficult for us because we have our own wants. We have our own wishes. We have our own thoughts. You're growing into adulthood. But just because it's difficult doesn't give you an excuse not to do it. Sometimes, I'm going to spoil it, sometimes your parent is wrong. That hasn't happened in our house yet, but it may one day. Sometimes we make a bad decision. Sometimes we make a wrong decision. We're human. We're trying the best that we can. Taking the data that we have and we're evaluating. And it's really difficult as a parent. And there's all these dynamics, there's finances, there's future... There's all of these things. You know what the last thing we need as a parent is you kicking against us. Fighting against us. We want to enjoy that relationship. We want to enjoy you. We don't want to domineer and dictate everything. It's okay to honor and obey and then come back later and say, Can we talk about this? It can be difficult, but that's not an excuse. How can you possibly have strength to do this? It says, obey your parents in the Lord. You must be a Christian. You must be doing things for Him. You can't do this on your own strength. Do it in the Lord. But why must we do this? Why must we do this? It says, for this is right. This is accurate. This is true. This is what we must do. This is right. The word right means that which is obligatory... In view of certain requirements of justice. It's not optional. It has to be done. Like Colossians 4.1. Masters grant your slaves what is right. Justice. And fairness. Knowing that you have a master in heaven. You know sometimes we'll throw out these. Well that's not fair. What's fair is for you to obey your creator. And your creator has told you to obey your parents. Peter and John in Acts 4:10, answered and said, "Whatever it is sorry, whether it is right in the sight of God, give, uh, to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge." Well, we know when it comes to the parent-child relationship what is right and what is accurate. We go all the way back to the Ten Commandments. All the way back to the Ten Commandments. I mean, none of you would argue that it's okay to steal, would you? I mean, anyone in here saying that it's okay to lie? Anyone saying that you can still be a Christian and not love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might? Anyone saying that adultery is right or coveting? Same thing here. Honor and obey For this is right. Now are there exceptions to this command? Yes. If your parent is telling you to do something that's sin, you don't have to obey. It's just like the government. Right? just like the wife-husband relationship. Lie here. And you know what? Sometimes that happens. And that's on those parents. But you be honest. You hold to your integrity. Right? Don't, Don't lie for them. If they are... Telling you to do something's wrong, you don't have to do it. Obey God rather than man. Or if they're forbidding, like your parents wouldn't do this, but if they said like, hey, you can never pray again. Well, I'm commanded to pray, so then I don't have to obey. I would say 100% of your situation doesn't really fall into this category, okay? We're just talking about the outlying scenario that may come up. Now, notice, it doesn't matter if your parents are Christians. It doesn't matter if your parents are smart. It doesn't matter if your parents are right. You are still obligated to obey them. The second command, honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. The word honor means to show high regard for. And if you're thinking... All right, maybe I did somewhat kind of okay with obeying my parents this last week. But did you honor them in that? Or did you throw them under the bus? I'm only doing this because mom said I had to. And man, I can't believe dad wanted me. You're not honoring them. 1 Peter 2.17 says that you are to honor all people. So there's a generalization here. Believer, unbeliever, whoever it is, you're to respect them. We're to treat people with respect, right? And it says, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Well, isn't the king a people? So why does he say it twice? Well, there's a special honor that goes to the king. Just like in 1 Timothy 5:3, there's a special honor that goes to the widow. You honor all people, but you especially honor your parents. In Acts 28, this is where Paul was shipwrecked, and they survived it, and there was these people on the island, and they were building a fire. And so they were thinking, man, this, this stinks that y'all had to go through the shipwreck. And a viper comes out and bites Paul, and all the natives go, oh, he dead. And he shook it off, and he threw it in the fire. And they were like, whoa. And then he was healing people. Well, at the end of that, all right, the rest of the people of the island who had diseases were coming to him and getting cured. They also honored him with many marks of respect. They're like, me likey, Paul. woohoo! How many honors or marks of respect have you given to mom or dad this week? Keeping in mind the whole gave you life thing. Change your dirty diapers. Roof over your head. Clothes. Care and love. They feed you. You think that that's just an automatic given. That alone is enough for you to honor them. But then you also have this command that God has given. This command that God has given to do this. Are there exceptions to this command? Are there exceptions to this command? Well, the Pharisees thought there were. And I wish we could go there. I'm just going to have to summarize. I'm going Let me explain. In Matthew 7... The Pharisees are asking Jesus, why don't your disciples wash their hands according to the traditions of men? And he says, because they're according to the traditions of men. The Pharisees made up rules. And they said, look, if you want to honor God, you got to follow our rules. And Jesus is saying, we're not following your rules, we're following God's rules. And they got upset. And he said, rightly does Isaiah prophesy about these people. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are what? Far away. And they're like, what do you mean? He says, you wash your hands, and God doesn't tell you you have to. And then you tell everyone they need to do that. But God tells you to honor your mom and dad, and you're not doing it. And they're like, well, what do you mean we're not doing it? The Pharisees came up with a system. When mom and dad get old, who's supposed to take care of them? With the middle school, I made a case for the oldest daughter. Because my sister Liz is in there, all right? It falls on the children, all right? One day, you are sustaining financially and loving and taking care of your parents. let me tell you, that can be a joy. It's you, right? But the Pharisees said, oh, mom and dad. Ah, Man, I would love to help you, but what I was going to give to you is Corbin. And you're like, who's Corbin? It means it's dedicated to God. Like, I haven't given it to God yet, but I'm going to give it to God, so I can't use it for you. And Jesus is like, you just made that up, dude. No, no, no. God doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. He needs you to honor your parents. And you are so selfish that you found this workaround where you don't have to honor them. Shame on you. This honor command is forever. There's not a day that you go, oh, well, I'm 62 right now. Don't have to honor my mom anymore. <laughs> when it comes to honor and obey, there are some different thoughts and beliefs. Okay, when the obey command, clearly it no longer applies when you get married. Because we just read in Ephesians 5 that a man and a woman will leave father and mother and they will become one flesh. Sometimes the parents still try to dictate their children's life even after they've left the home and gotten married. So clearly the obey part is done, but the honoring thing is never I would also argue that once an adult leaves the house and is on their own dime, paying their own way, the obey part of it is no longer there. If you are 50 and single and living on your own, and mom texts you and says, hey, go to bed, sweetie. But that's not you right now. That's not you. And they're college students. They get upset with their parents because they want to kind of help and dictate some of those things. And it's like, well, are they still paying for everything? Well, yeah, but, okay, well, I got a solution for you. You are still responsible until you are on your own. But you are always to honor them. Not negotiable. Your mom should know she loves you. Your dad should know that you love him and that you respect. And deep down, a lot of you really do, but you really stink at showing it. Little hug here, little yes, mom here. I mean, we're not saying you got to crawl into bed in between them at night to show them you love them, but man, there's some things that you guys can do. This command must be obeyed. Why? It is the first commandment with a promise. What does that mean? In the Ten Commandments, the only one that had a promise associated with it was this. So that it may be well with you. So that it may be well with you. Well is pertaining to that which is good or beneficial. As applies to interpersonal relationship or experience. Look, your parents' relationship is a huge blessing. You have a significant advantage because many of you have parents that love Jesus and that love you. You go outside the scope of this world. You know how many abandoned kids there are? You know how many parents don't care anything about their kids? Your parents love you. And guys, you don't want your high school years to be battling. It will go well. The parent-youth relationship is, is glorious and beautiful. It'll be well with you. Don't fight against them. Submit to them and honor them. He goes on and it also says and that you may live long on the earth. You may live long on the earth. Well, how, do, how does that work out? You know, whoa, I want me some of this. I thought exercise and like not eating delicious things made me live longer on the earth. I thought there was a fountain of youth out there, baby. Well, there's a couple of aspects to this, okay? You have Exodus 21, 17. It says, he who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. So in the Old Testament, in the laws written, all right, the civil laws written to the nation of Israel, if there was a hard-hearted, rebellious child, they were to take them out in front of everyone and kill them. Well, why? Well, that was a punishment in their nation. And it was to show all of the other kids, you better step in line, buddy. It was to eradicate the festering rebelliousness of the young. It was a protection and a safeguard. So clearly, if you're not going to do this, they're going to take you out and they're going to kill you. And they're like, well, that sounds kind of harsh. Look, guys, dishonoring Disobeying your parents is on level with all sin. You might be the sweetest, kindest, most wonderful person ever to everyone else, but if you disobey mom or dad one time, you are guilty enough to be thrown into the fiery furnace. It's serious. Well, also in this, your parents have this wisdom stuff. And when they say, hey, you can't jump off the cliff just because your friends are doing it, If you jump off the cliff anyways, you might die. But if you had listened to them, you might have lived. It's like when I say don't get on a roller coaster because you're probably going to die. There's wisdom there. Okay, I know. It's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But your parents are seeking to guide you. Look, I don't know if you realize this. They used to be your age. And some of the stupid stuff you want to do, they did it. And you can look at that and say, well, they turned out okay. And they're looking at it and going, man, I'd give anything not to do that dumb thing again. And so they're trying to help you. And you're like, no, I'm going to do the dumb thing anyways. Hmm. Or they've seen friends that lives were ruined and destroyed even in high school or college. And they're trying their best best to protect you and you don't want any of it you don't want any of it another aspect of this in Deuteronomy 4 it says know therefore today take it to your heart that the Lord he is God in heaven above and on the earth below there is no other so you shall keep his statutes and his commandments which I am giving you today that it may go well with you and with your children after you that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time This command specifically was given to the Israelites that if they would generally follow the Lord, then he would generally grant them long life. It didn't always work. It didn't mean that a young person wouldn't die in battle or because of disease or something, but it's a generalization. And this carries over to the New Testament where you see in 1 Peter 3, the one who desires life and to love and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It may not look that way, but the rebellious, sneaky, evil person, God knows. And there will be consequences, and there will be an answering time. But the one who humbly submits to God, God's face and grace and favor is upon them. It's upon them honor and obey your parents let's go back to our opening slide and i'm hoping that some of you are thinking a little bit differently now after this lesson how will you react to the following your dad asks you to help him with something your mom tells you to put away the device Your mom or dad told you you couldn't do something. These are very visible, tangible things that you can use to further the kingdom of God, but to also, don't miss this, evaluate if you are in Christ or not. If you listen to this lesson, and you're hard-hearted towards this, You are not in Christ. If you look at this and say, "Uh uh-uh, no way, no how, don't want it. You don't want Jesus. You want no part with Jesus. But if you listen to this lesson and you see these truths and you say, man, I want to apply this. I want to see you have victory in that. And a very real connection to our lesson from last Sunday, I think, Some of you went home and you said, Mom, Dad, we talked about marriage and dating. And I would really like for you to listen to that lesson because I think there might be some change of mind on a few things. And Mom or Dad said, Nope. Did you obey first time with a happy heart? You should. You should. If you're not willing to submit that huge, key part of your life to your parents, it will not go well with you. It will not go well with you. Don't fight them and their wisdom and their guidance and their care for you. Them. And isn't it awesome how the Lord brought these lessons together? And then I know you're gonna say, Well, Mom and Dad, I love you. I, I really think you should listen to Craig's lesson from Wednesday. No! How could I respond like this? How can I possibly do it? Jesus must be your master, not sin. If you're a Christian, Romans 6:11, even so. Consider your members as dead to sin, but alive to Christ Jesus. You can do this. Set your mind on things above. What does that look like? You have that conversation with mom and dad and they say, no, it's not going to happen yet. We're not talking about dating. We're not talking about any of those things. You immediately think God is in control. God has given me these parents. I will submit to God and I will love him and I will honor them in this. Set your mind on things above. Think of the cross. Think of what Jesus has done. Think of how Jesus lived. Look, Jesus had human parents. Right? He had his mother Mary and he had his, he was really his, his, his stepdad, right? Joseph. He honored them. He obeyed them. Put off the sins. Well, which sins? Selfishness, pride, disobedience. Put off those and put on the righteousness, obedience, selflessness, humility. And even though you might not get what you want, it's what you need. It's what you need. Oftentimes in counseling when I talk to teenagers who are wrestling with obedience to their parents. And I'll say, well, what happened? Well, mom said I couldn't do this. And I'm like, well, what did you do? I tried to do it anyways. But they stopped you. Yes. So you didn't get what you wanted. No. But are you going to try again? Yes. And are they going to stop you? Yes. And are they going to ground you? Yes. So you didn't get what you wanted. You're being punished. And you still won't get what you want. And you're going to do it again. That is what we call folly, my friends. We call folly. Lastly, going back to this question, what if you don't want to? What if you don't change and what if you don't want to? I'll still reiterate this. You may want to apply this lesson perfectly and you're a Christian. You're still going to struggle with it. There's still times that attitude is going to come out. But you recognize that, you repent of that, you apologize, you strive to be better. But some of you, you know what's hidden on your phone, you know what you're sneaking around doing, you know what your friends are talking about, you know that you hid that grade from your parents, and you don't care. You're not coming clean with anything. This is you. You are a slave to your sin with no means to do anything differently. Being self-absorbed and ungrateful, you can respond in no other way that would actually conform to the standard of your Creator. And that is the scariest thing. You are in the crosshairs of God's judgment. And it may not be tomorrow. It may be in a century, but He will pour out His wrath upon you. Unless you repent and believe in Jesus and start a right relationship with Him. Let's pray. Lord God, we do love you. We thank you for your care, for your truth. You want what's best for us. And what's best for us has been written in your word. And we are now simply called to obey it. And I pray that we would, with a whole heart, loving you and loving our parents and the others you put in our life. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.